Hi guys, and welcome back to The Brilliant Babe. I'm your host, Natalia. Today, I'm so excited because I have my husband, Luis Esparza with me. I'm so excited to have him on. We're gonna talk the importance of having a supportive partner, having goals as a couple, picking yourself up from rock bottom, and a surprise investment announcement. So my husband served for four years in the Marine Corps when he got out of high school and we were like in college age. And if you guys don't know, me and Luis were actually long distance for quite a while. We were long distance dating for three years and we're even married at like what was it like a year and a half into your contract and mm -hmm. we were still long distance so we've come quite a long way today Luis works in the oil and gas industry and he also invests into real estate so we're really going to talk about his journey when he got out of the marine corps it was really hard for him to um, basically like change back over into civilian life. I'm gonna tell you about his story and everything that he's gone through. He's also really big into bodybuilding and he is hoping to compete this next year. Without further ado, welcome Luis to the podcast. Well, thank you, honey, I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> where do I start? Let's start off talking about your journey from rock bottom after you came out of the Marine Corps. I know like when you left the Marine Corps, it was a really hard time for you and you were just having a difficult transition back to civilian life and i think a lot of veterans experience this but not a lot of people talk about it so why don't you tell the audience um basically just about your journey from there if i'm going to do that i'm probably going to start from the beginning for these guys so um i always since i was a kid i always wanted to be in the military since i was since i can remember honestly um i'd always had a you know draw to uh the marine corps uh marine corps is uh, the best of the best you know arguably and then uh you know first to fight and just seeing those commercials and stuff it like really got to me and just obviously uh transitioning into like high school uh, uh i've always saw these guys like come on <laughs> go to uh go to the cafeteria and then bring their pull-up bar and stuff like that and just me being me and i, I think it's just uh it was just a no-brainer, you know. My my ego fit the bill with uh, when it came down to the Marine Corps. So um, I just always got up there, did, did my 20 pull-ups, got a shirt, you know, walked off like a badass. But, uh, yeah, that's that was always me. I, I really think even, <laughs> even when I told my parents uh, that I wanted to join the Marine Corps and stuff like that, they, they were uh, – they're kind of anxious. I mean, just because I'm first generation over here from uh, from Venezuela, and uh, was born there. Uh, I was raised over here in Fort Worth, so um, this is all I know. So I just uh, uh, they were just kind of skeptical, like, "Oh no, the military, this, that, and the other," you know, just typical parent stuff. And worried about no, your safety, right? Right. It's just worried about my safety, and you know, just obviously. Uh, I mean, these are good concerns to have, but I mean, I just knew in my heart, this is, this is truly what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and I, uh, my dad was like, okay, he finally was the one that gave up and was like, all right, let's go check out, you know, are you sure the Marine Corps? Cause, uh, there's other branches that you can check out. So, you know, we dabbled into that. We went to different recruiting offices and, uh, <laughs> first one was the army. And then I just, you know, I just never never saw I would have with them I, I was just a different breed I wanted to be a different breed and you know I thought better of myself I wanted to be you know uh, uh I just wanted to separate myself with that um Navy I was just 
don't even like boats, even though I've been on boats in the Marine Corps. Um, never wanted to be on a boat, never wanted to be a sailor, so that was like ant for me. Um, Air Force, uh, never even made it through the door, honestly, just because I could never find a recruiter. Coast Guard, uh, the dude was sleeping in the office, so I was like, this is, you know, this is a no-brainer, just, just go to the Marine Corps and, you know, do my thing, and that's really what I wanted to do, so. Um, I think it's crazy to mention, yeah. too, we met, we started dating, and, like, we met, uh, what was it, three months before you left for the Marine Corps? Yeah, or so. Or last two months? So, um, it was 2016 when I signed my contract, when I got sworn in, and uh, I was actually supposed to leave like two weeks, uh, two weeks after I signed, but for some odd reason, I just my, I guess my job wasn't available. We uh, we we I had to wait for like that was eight nine months uh, for for my job opening, so um, I did, and, and in the process of that, you know, I just. I met Natalia, and and it happened to be like a month. Didn't expect anything, uh, honestly. Out of if I'm being brutally honest, I was just um, I knew that she was different, and then I knew that she was different. So I was uh, I was like, man, who's this girl? Like, what's up? Let me just slide in the DMs. Whatever. He was head over heels for me. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, no, actually, it was a month, you guys. It was a month until he left for boot camp. And yeah, we literally started dating. We didn't know what was going to happen, but he left a month later and we did literally the whole boot camp, just writing letters to each other. We didn't have any phone communication for uh, the next three months of our relationship. So the first four months were um, really difficult because I had just met him, knew him for literally a month. He you left. Lo- you're already in love with me. Make sure you tell him that. He was already in love with me. He said, I love you first. <laughs> he was obsessed. Yeah. And so, Yeah. That was just crazy that we met literally right before you left. Yeah. That, but yeah, anyways. That was crazy. Well, you know what? You, you know and... what got to me though? You know what got to me? Just I just I just knew you were the one, even though like I left even like a month after that. I knew I was gonna marry you because I was I've always been close to my, my siblings and uh when I left Natalia took in I've always played a big role into I'm the oldest out of my, my family and uh I always took care of my brothers and when when uh when I left, I mean it, it devastated the kids, you know. So my uh well Natalia, you know, she uh she kinda you know, filled in that role and then, you know, took care of my uh my brothers and played with them and you know, hung out with them, babysit them, took them out for ice cream and stuff like that just to, you know, make make it easier on them as well. So anyway, that was that was <laughs> my mom he actually wrote me a letter and was like, yeah, you know, Natalia's showing up like every weekend and like seeing your brothers and playing with them and it's awesome. And I was like, oh, dude, at that point she already won my heart. You know, she won everything for me. My MOS within the Marine Corps uh, is a motor transportation uh, operator. So I drove uh, tactical vehicles. Um, long story short, uh, I got really proficient within my job. And I've gotten over 13 uh, specialty licenses. Uh, I got, you know, I was get, getting sent off to the road, and uh, the unit that I was with is a logistics unit. I got really, you know, tight with everyone in the, within the, my community. And um, 
you know, basically was, you know, given the title road dog, just constantly on the road. And then, um, I, again, I just got really good at my job got sent to another unit, uh, to become an instructor for other MOSs that are trying to receive, uh, tactical vehicle licenses. So I was an E3, E4, you know, teaching these, uh, you know, E7s, uh, officers, you name it, you know, you know, all walks of life into soldiers, to Marines, to sailors, uh, you know, they would come to my schoolhouse and, you know, get training from me. So it was, that was really cool. I got really good at that. And then, uh, within six months became the chief, uh, the chief instructor for, for that, uh, unit. So it was, it was cool, uh, for me, especially just cause I, I did a lot within just the four years and then, uh, I got out and, uh, that's when all hell, hell broke loose, you know, I just, I've always, I, and I told this to my wife, you know, I didn't have any intentions to, to get out, it just kind of happened, like, I was like, I don't, I don't know where to go from here either, I just stay in the Marine Corps, or just go home, and just me being home, every, I mean, every, everything was pointing to the, towards the direction of getting out, so, I mean, uh, not knowing if I was going to stay within the Marine Corps or was staying within the reserves or, or what was going to happen. But uh, I knew that I was I was going to get out. Once you got out of the Marine Corps, what was the difference that you noticed going from obviously being in the Marine Corps and then coming out and being a civilian again and having to get like a job that was in the Marine Corps? Well, um, Marine Corps is, is super different. No, no matter, you know, any... Any branch of the services, uh, you know, will have it has their own experience as well too. Just like it's just it's a different world, you know, from military in general, in comparison to a civilian. So coming back and just me being marine, you know, you know, I was in charge of people, and uh, luckily I, I was able to get certifications to uh, go towards the civilian world and becoming. Uh, a project manager within uh like construction so um that was my first job uh getting out i actually lined it up perfectly by the time i got out and i interviewed it and where i was stationed at in north carolina and uh, uh we uh, interviewed right before i was getting out over zoom and yeah i mean i just you know i was just going with the flow i'm not didn't really understand what was going on it's just uh I think the biggest shift was just, you know, um, my expectations in, in comparison to other people's expectations as well. And I, I didn't understand that. So I just didn't understand why people didn't care as much as I did. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you were kind of like forced into getting a job right away when you got out? Because we had to buy a house. Like we were buying our house and like we were both really like forced to work because I was going to like pay the mortgage and stuff did that put more pressure on you no not at all uh, I just I think just I had so such a good background and stuff like that I, I knew that we were going to get taken care of um it did put a little pressure on me but I was not as much as the pressure that I was getting from myself you know mm -hmm. to uh fit in and find my place and uh within this world mm-hmm if that makes sense. Talk about your experience where you were really struggling with figuring out what you wanted to do after the Marine Corps. I think it's kind of like 
what college kids expect when they graduate college, like kids who get their bachelor's degree and then they're not really sure if they want to actually work in that field or do something else. I feel like that's super similar to you getting out of the Marine Corps and then like being like, oh shit, what am I going to do with myself now? Like what am I, what field am I going to work in? Am I going to stay in project management? Am I going to try something new? Am I going to go back to school? Like talk about your struggles and the things that you tried out when you were trying to decide what to do career wise. Oh shit. I mean, I was getting influenced left and right about everything. Um, the project manager job was uh, it was a blessing in disguise because honestly, that was a uh, the reason why we were able to you know purchase our first house. Um, mm-hmm. So that was really cool, and we, we get, we'll talk about that a little bit later too. You know what a you know loan we got and everything like that, and talk about the VA and all that other stuff. But um, yeah, I. I would say it's similar, but it's not the same. It's two different spec. It's two different subjects. It's out of the. Uh, it's out of the ordinary for military members to get now, and just from other people that I've talked to, you know, friends and buddies nearby, even far away, just talking on the phone. It's just, it it's it's really fucking crazy, just how we just don't fit in. You know, we don't fit in, and like I was saying before, it's just like. Even within this project manager job, I just not only did I not understand uh, a lot of things, uh, but I didn't understand like you know if I tried and I was super organized. I mean, the Marine Corps made me super organized within project manager project managing, so it was it was easy for me. But like you know, if I had like a deadline, I would meet it, and but other people won't meet it. And you know, within project managing, like it, it has to deal with other people and uh logistics and shit not fucking going right you know when you want it now you most likely are not going to get it now you know you'll get it tomorrow or the next day or wherever the fuck they they want to they see a marine and you know they just think you know or just any military service members like that dude's just fucking out of his mind you know and luis has never been called like combative or aggressive before by anyone like especially in the office like work environment so to him, that really made him challenge his identity and question who he was going to be when he came out of the Marine Corps. Like, would he subject to the labels they put on him or would he forge a new path? And I really think you forged a new path. You didn't listen to what people said about you. You just kept going and didn't, like, let yourself stay at rock bottom. Well, I mean, I put in an instance. Uh, well, we could talk about some stories. So this job was going great. Uh, I was in it for about three to four months and um, I mean, again, we were able to get the house because of that job. Um, it's just, again, the communication with business and, and, and people, you know, you come from a, a fucking environment that you just, you don't sweep shit under the rug. You fucking tell it how the fuck it is and that's how it is, you know? Um, the way know. Marine Corps people talk to each other too is so different than the way like civilians out here talk to each other. Like when I first went out there and visited his base it's, like, so crazy the way they talk to each other. Like, it sounds like they're, like, being rude to each other. and But it's just, like, the way they talk. They're just very just, straightforward. Yeah. And they joke around a lot. And they don't take any shit. Like, they don't really the best put the up best. with anything. Yeah, we so, don't put up with shit. Yeah. So, coming back out here and, like, especially corporate America is so fake and wishy-washy. Like, exactly. And that's what I really struggle with is the wishy-washy shit. Corporate America so, like, it's just so, they the don't same shit. talk shit to your face. They say it behind your back. And, like, if someone has a problem, they go and tell, like, 
someone else, which is just so annoying. And he had <laughs> such a hard time, like, yeah. adjusting to that. I didn't, I didn't completely understand that at all. You know, I just, you know, I w- always wanted to give people my fucking respect. Mm-hmm. So there was like this one conversation Luis and I had where he was really at rock bottom and I could see he was really struggling to find his place in the civilian world again. So we had this conversation and I feel like after that conversation, he started to try new things and started to try the things that he wanted to do, but was like afraid he wouldn't succeed at them. Um, But what was really your turning point that made you want to be like, you know, I'm tired of like being at rock bottom, working these like shitty jobs and not feeling like myself uh just you know getting you know hired on by companies that you know want to just fucking change you changing the way that you think the way that you talk and that's what i didn't want and like the like i was talking to you about that company i mean they ripped the shit out of fucking you know uh veterans within decals in their trucks you know uh, we support uh, our mm-hmm. troops, this that, and the other. A bunch of bullshit. I was the me and this other guy were the only two guys that fucking ever served. So it, it was very hypocritical. Like I didn't. Uh, the moment I I hit rock bottom was, uh, again, just trying to find my identity within that you know year that I got out. Um, I was it was around like Christmas time, and I was like, fuck, you know, like uh, I. I tried these new jobs and they didn't work out. What's what the fuck is wrong with me? And that's what I said a lot. And I think this this is why veterans, you know, go into a a, a depression stage. You know, uh, mentally they they have no one to fucking talk to because we, I mean we're trained to fucking bottle these emotions up and you know like shut the fuck up and keep moving forward. You know, and you know sometimes these fucking demons, these fucking you know doubts and you know really creep up on you and I've had multiple fucking friends you know you know uh, you know God rest their souls uh, they've taken their lives you know because of this fucking situation when transitioning out of the military thank God I just you know I had the gym you know I've always been involved into the gym like in the Marine Corps and outside and got really big into the you know uh, into bodybuilding became even more so obsessed with uh, with it Um, so uh, just getting bigger you know uh, gaining the knowledge, you know, uh, that's really what, you know, saved my life. And, you know, uh, uh, but again, I, I talk a lot about God, you know, because he, he's helped me out tremendously. You know, just, I felt like I, I went into this fucking, you know, mental battle with myself, uh, finding who I was and regaining that, you know, who I am and basically decompressing down a little bit, trying to, you know, not necessarily change my attitude, but, you know, <laughs> change my attitude of how I, you know, I uh, approach things, you know, with right. much more of a cooler head. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, obviously, Luis is doing really well now. He has a great job, which he loves, and he's able to work from home and travel and stuff like that. So, it just goes to show that even if you go through a tough situation like that, that you can always pull yourself out of it. There's always hope and there's always um, there's always a way for you to, you know, go for the aspirations that you have. So Luis now is pursuing bodybuilding, like I said, and he's also in a great job in the oil and gas industry. Um, he also has aspirations to be a firefighter. So um, I don't know if he's going to do that like part-time or maybe do a career switch in the future, but 
he does go for everything he wants now. And I'm super proud that he always takes initiative of his own life and doesn't stay stuck in where he is. It's really amazing to hear the story of how far he's come and how far he's going to go. So let's talk about having a supportive partner. I think you and me have always been super supportive of each other. And that's something that's made our relationship very unique, I feel like, and just kind of drew us together even more because we're both individuals that like are really big cheerleaders. Like our personality type is just being a cheerleader for each other. And we've always been like that. Like we've always sent each other like encouraging cards when we were dating long distance and gifts and texts and calls. Like I feel like having a supportive partner too is really important for your growth and your journey. And especially if you're someone like Luis and I, where you have a lot of aspirations and you go for them. And it can be kind of hard sometimes if you have someone who doesn't support you or if you have someone who's trying to bring you down along your journey. So Luis especially has been super supportive during my journey in pursuing entrepreneurship and working for myself. Um, he's always encouraged me to like go for my dreams and to pursue the things I'm passionate about and just been like, a support in any way he can be. So babe, would you say like having a supportive partner is a must if you're, I mean, in general, I think it's just a must. What do you think? Oh yeah. Uh, I think it goes both ways and you know, uh, within trying to help each other out. Uh, just because the fact of the matter is that you never know when you're going to need, you know, your significant other. Uh, mm -hmm. just going back into, you know, my discussion between like trying to figure out who the fuck I am, uh, this past like couple of years is just, uh, goes to show, you know, you picked me up, you know, when I was in my darkest, you know, and I, I've seen you at your lowest as well and your darkest. Mm -hmm. And it, it's a, uh, it, it, you really have to realize, you know, you can't just give up on your partner. You need to, uh, really, you know, you know, try to talk to them, communicate with them. Not only that, just uh, try to do it, everything that you can possible to encourage them to get the fuck back up. Yeah. And I think that's what's really, really fucking important between like two couples, uh, well, a couple to, uh, to get that done, you know, and a lot of people lose sight of it, you know, because, you know, they just say, they just see, you know, faults, you know, of their significant others and just think, well, I'm just going to break up with that person because he has too many problems or she has too many problems. And, you know, uh, we've always been ride or die, you know, just, uh, I, <laughs> right. I, there's no other way better to say it. Just, we always, always, always go through the fucking fire together. Yeah, definitely. And like when we first started dating, Luis always told me a fighter gets a fighter. And I think that just goes hand in hand with like, we support each other. Like, He's a fighter, I'm a fighter, and that's why we mesh so well because we're never gonna stay down and we always help each other when we're down. Like for me, when I was working my full-time job and doing all my entrepreneurship on the side, like Luis would literally catch me on Sunday nights and I'd be just crying in my office because I was so stressed out because the next day was a Monday and I was going to the office and I had obviously to go into work every day. I didn't work from home back then, so it was really stressful to do, be doing like two jobs at once, doing my, you know, side hustle and then my regular job. And so he was just always there to support me and be there and mean me for him too. Like when he was trying to figure out what he wanted to do post Marine Corps and like still to this day, like he's, we're both still figuring out our lives. I feel like <laughs> your 20s are like, yeah. you know, not like people 
think like your 20s are supposed to be so easy, but I think 20s are really hard. I hear 30s are better, but I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't think life in general is fucking easy, you know, easy yeah. at all. So I just think just you got to roll with the punches and get the fuck back up and, mm-hmm. and do what you got to do. But um, it's really important that you have a, you know, a support, a good support system. And when you, yeah, uh, excuse me, when you go through those rough times, you know, get into those like dark places and stuff like that. It's, it's really important to, you know, have, have someone, someone to pick there. you up. Exactly. Yeah. We're, we're very goal oriented people. I mean, mm-hmm. me and Natalia have just been like that since the get go. We always like mapped out. We're, we're like so afraid to be average. We know so many average it, it's people. Fucking, yeah. And we just don't want to be average. We want to do awesome, amazing things. We want to benefit people's lives and change people's lives and help them whatever way we can. So that um, means pursuing a life that's not so average. And for both of us, that's what we love to do. Let's talk about <laughs> our goals as a couple. Like, I feel like when we first started dating, um we were super young we were 20 and 21 and we like I was in college at the time and my goal was just at that point to graduate college my bachelor's degree and his goal was to join the marine corps and we thought he was going to stay in for a long time I thought I was going to make it a career yeah I mean yeah I was I thought I was going to make it a career at that point but uh you know things change you know I just want to do my time and get out you know Mm -hmm. mm-hmm uh we always mapped it out we you know like what we were gonna do uh, yeah ever since we were like 20 <laughs> yeah you know, uh you know what our goals are and how to get to our goal mm-hmm. you know so it's always been trying to trying to fucking you know come up with plans like two-year five-year plan and yeah you know Knowingly, you know, there's be multiple obstacles with between the way, and maybe you know our timelines never worked out. But I mean, it's just being consistent. Mm-hmm. I think that was uh, our our main uh, issue is that we always wanted it now. You know. Yeah, you know, like a, we're both impatient. Yeah, super impatient people. So mm-hmm. sometimes even now, like we are like, okay, when are we gonna do our next thing? Like, when are we gonna get the next yeah. thing that we want? But I think that spices. I mean that. Fucking, that yeah. makes it our relationship really, you know, we're very spontaneous. Like, we like to just get up and, and go as much as possible. Or just, we're we're not average. And, like, like, what you were saying earlier is just, is that we we never want to be satisfied. Mm-hmm. We always want to want it more. You know, yeah. once we get to that goal, what else? You know, yeah. who cares if, you know, you have a successful business, you know, who you know, like, okay, I I am a operation manager for an oil and gas company. What else can I do to, you know, be better within that company, my, you know, my business and, you know, uh, always succeeding and giving 110%. And that's, you know, that's kind of our motto. It's what we always do. You know, mm-hmm. we, we go head first in everything, even when it's scary. So <laughs> yeah. that's how we, you know, got into real estate really. Mm-hmm. True. So we have a exciting announcement. I've already said this on my Instagram, but Luis and I this year in January, we closed on our first investment property. So really strong start to the year. Oh yeah. Last year we, or I started reading in the summer, a bunch of books about investing and building generational wealth and stuff like that. 
And so one of the books I read was called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You guys have probably heard me talk about this book on the podcast before. And he's a Marine. Yeah, he's awesome. Robert Kiyosaki. And he just basically like gave his story on how he became super wealthy. He started investing in real estate at a young age. Um, And so when I read this book, we're still in our 20s. So we're still super young. We don't have any kids yet. And I honestly think we don't have kids because... um, we don't feel a need for kids yet. I feel like a lot of our needs are being met already by our businesses, by our careers. And I just feel like that's kind of why we've held off on having kids. But anyway, back to the point. So we started um, basically dabbling more into learning about real estate investing. And yeah, we found our first rental property in, what was it, December of last year? It was November. Yeah. I think it was December. Like we went to go view it. it. We, well, we started searching in November and we yeah. went to quite a few to view. Yeah. And then we found our duplex and we loved it. It was such a good property. It kind of fell into our lap, honestly. It yeah. Was, it we were did. very thankful for it. We got it under market value, um, which was so crazy because of market this past couple two years has been like so expensive right. and now it's starting to drop. So it's a really good time to invest. And we. So we own um, a duplex, like I said, now, and both of our units are occupied by tenants. We bought our property with tenants already in there, which was nice because we didn't have to worry about anything. But I would also say for our next property, we're probably going to buy something vacant, no tenants, and just buy more of a fixer-upper completely gut it and do the Burr method. Why don't you tell them about Tranch Wynn, who we follow like all of his real estate advice. Oh, yeah. We're... We're really big and We're big Tranch Wynn fans. Shout out to him. Oh, wait. <laughs> can we give shout outs? <laughs> We're big Tranch Wynn fan, fans. Fans. Why fans. can I say it? Fans. Fans. <laughs> yeah. So Tranch, over here too. I'm going to send this to Tranch Wynn so he can hear us. <laughs> so he can hear us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he has a really great method. Why don't you tell me about the method? Yeah, it's uh, buy, uh, renovate, uh, refi. And then rent out. So that's the Burr method. Mm-hmm. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Buy, renovate, renovate rent. rent. No, I'm sorry. Buy, Buy renovate, renovate, refi, rent. rent. <laughs> that's yeah. the Burr method. So we were actually going to do this with our first property, but looks like both of our tenants are going to be staying in the property. And it's already like kind of It's like, like no, It's like yeah, decent. It's, it's nice. Yeah. It's not like you have to like gut the whole thing. Yeah, no. It like could use some like upgrades, but it's not like indecent or anything it was upgraded in 2018 so yeah i mean now it's 2023 so i mean it's it's nice i mm-hmm. mean again it just had tendons in it so it was kind of like a no-brainer for us you know yeah so we're just leaving them in there because um we're just gonna like let them live there until they don't want to live there anymore but both people have been in there for quite a bit so yeah, once they've been there for about a year and the other one's been there for about three years now so right i don't really think they're gonna go anywhere i think the yeah. most important was for us is location and uh, mm-hmm. that that's uh, going into real estate. Uh, I think that's one locations of the, everything. Uh, location is everything, and uh, I really wanted it by a private university. Yeah, so location is the most important part. We put it near like a really really near a uh, private university. It's like walking distance, about fifteen minutes away. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was a no brainer, you know, just because you're always gonna get tenants uh, out there and. Um, Again, we just you know, location, location, location. That's the most important part. Yeah. And so our goal is to have like at least 10 properties before we start having kids. 
And we're going to do that by... Five, five, right? You said five. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Ten I want ten. <laughs> ten properties, not ten kids. No, I said ten. <laughs> no, five <laughs> five properties. I thought you said five kids. <laughs> no, five. I might have. I don't know. Oh, my God. It's pretty no, late. not five kids. But anyway, yeah, we're recording this really late. It's like 10.30 here. I'm both tired, but we're pushing through. So, um, yeah. anyways, we're aspiring to have ten before we have kids. We don't want to have kids till our 30s, so... Um, we're trying to do two oh. a year, um, and I think it's possible with the bird method. Like oh, yeah. because Most if we refi, we can just put that refi money straight into another uh, down payment for another property. So it really is feasible. There's so many methods to um, getting the funds you need and like placing money for the down payment. And if you're a first time home buyer. You can use, what is it called, an FHA loan? FHA, yeah. Yeah, FHA, you only have to put like 3.5% down, which makes it really feasible for like literally 15K. You can buy your first investment property if like the average price is like 200K to like 300K. Um, so if you invest in states like Texas, North Carolina, maybe even like Florida, um, where, how, where house prices are generally lower than like New York or California or like those more expensive states, then it's definitely easy for you to start at a young age. So yeah, um, that's our new real estate investing venture. Luis also wants to kind of like expand on this and go into more of a like project management type of company because we're using a family member as our project manager. Yeah, like for a proper property. property management company. Yeah, so I'm kind of doing two businesses in one. You know, creating our portfolio for one and then having the property management uh, company. Uh, I'm dabbling into this. I have my my uncle that has over nine years of experience within property management. Um, And he uh, he's going to actually he's already taking charge of, you know, within our property. Um, So we also want to, you know, look into. Helping out with other people's properties as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in the DFW area, just hit me up whenever. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else do you want to talk about? Um, so let's talk about our plans for 2023. Obviously, like I said, we want to buy another investment property. Our Watch goal out. is to do that around like the end of this year of 2023. Um, and so, I mean, our goal is to a year, of course. If we can't do that, I mean, as many as we can get is great. So what other goals do you have for this year? I know for Luis, he is wanting to get into the bodybuilding scene and like compete and stuff. Well, I'm about to have surgery. But he's about to have knee surgery, so it may be delayed. But he's just really working towards like getting himself more known in the bodybuilding industry. Uh, I think it's just actually starting, not getting well known because I'm, I'm basically nobody, you know, within that industry. But uh, it's just, you know, putting my foot in the door with bodybuilding and uh, kind of going a little bit off topic, a little personal, but I just, I ended up tearing my ACL and then my meniscus. So I have to now have surgery, you know, wear and tear within the military it happens mm-hmm. you know i'm not so young anymore but um he's not a young buck anymore i'm not, not no young buck so he's i'm an old part. my recovery time is about four months so um i'm gonna be out for a little bit you know uh luckily i'm still able to do upper body you know, but nothing like too crazy nothing too heavy so uh slowly but surely doing that i have plans to actually do a show next 
Spring, April. Right? Yeah. Yeah, next April is uh, would be my first show. Mm-hmm. So that is the goal is to pursue uh, get better within bodybuilding. You know, start get, uh, steroids. No, we can't <laughs> say that. Uh, we really want again. We really want going back into real estate. Uh, yeah. So it's just That's our biggest. It's goal, our biggest goal is to just you know try to get at least one or two a year building that portfolio as much as possible. I really want to get five of them by the time I'm 27 right now. So by the time yeah. I, I'm 30. So, um, assets, cool. assets, assets. Yeah. Just you know, give me the money. cash for the ass. That's, <laughs> is that a serious? I don't know. I just made that up. Oh my God. <laughs> Burson. Yeah. So I would say also our plans for a couple this year is to travel more. Like Ooh. we've never been to Europe. Yeah. And so we want to go on like a trip this summer to Europe. That's like a huge goal of mine personally. Maybe not Luis, but I really want to go to Europe. And so my goal is obviously to go with him, go as a couple, and just have some fun. I'm actually um, part Italian. My grandmother was born in Italy. And so we have some family members out there still. And Luis is too, right? Yeah. Okay. Why are you pointing at yourself? No, I was Did you want th- me to say I was no, I mean, <laughs> No, I was a thumbs up. <laughs> oh, were you like being sarcastic? No. <laughs> oh. no. So, um, yeah, I really want to go because I do have some roots there and I think it'd be amazing to go. It looks so beautiful and I'm obsessed with pasta. I love pasta and wine. It's like my favorite meal ever. So, oh, and bread. Oh my God, I love bread. Pizza and what else do they have? I don't know. I just want to go and eat everything. So well, you got family up there, so it's the yeah. What town is your family from? Grotto. Grotto. So mm-hmm. we gotta go visit some family, the distant family out there. Yeah, and well. I want to go to the what's it called, the Trevi Fountain, where Lizzie McGuire threw her like coin in and made a wish. Okay. Because is... that's like an iconic moment, and I have to recreate it. Yeah, you're gonna tag Hillary Duff in it too. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Actually, maybe she'll respond. If she responds to that, I'd be awesome. Luis has a crush on Hillary Duff. It's so disrespectful, but I don't really mind because I love Hillary Duff too. So it's like a, I'll give him like a whole pass for that because <laughs> she's awesome. Hillary Duff, I love you. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Maguire was my favorite show ever growing up. Like my personality, my personality <laughs> trait was Lizzie McGuire. I was like six years old. One time, I, I think it was either Lizzie McGuire shoes or Mary Kate and Ashley shoes, and I was in kindergarten. And this mean bitch named Mona said my shoes were ugly. And I don't remember what it was. It was either Lizzie McGuire or Mary Kate and Ashley. And I thought they were the cutest shoes ever because I was obsessed with. I'm pretty sure it was Lizzie McGuire. I was obsessed with Lizzie McGuire, and I even yeah. remember those shoes when I was a kid. Do you? Yeah. The thick them. platform shoes yeah, the, with the like white Lizzie McGuire, with yeah. The fucking the Velcro straps. Yes. Yeah, you were one of those. You didn't know how to tie your <laughs> no, shoes. No, I had. To, you didn't know how to tie no, your shoes. No, I had shoestrings. I had shoestrings. No, you didn't. No, yeah, I didn't I have Velcro, guys. I was way cooler than that. No, nah, you didn't know how to tie I, your I shoes. I didn't have the grandpa you didn't know Velcro. How to, you didn't know how to tie your shoes until you were like in third grade, fourth grade. That's I didn't know how to drive till I was nineteen. <laughs> point exactly point proven i just didn't have to drive me so anything else any other plans for 2023 i don't know but we went like completely left turn <laughs> um what else for 2023 oh we're renovating our bathrooms oh yeah we're renovating our bathrooms right yeah, now that's we, a good we one we have contractors in here you know every uh, day almost every day you know. yeah 
my guys. Um, they gutted our master bathroom completely. Like literally yeah, took everything out except for awesome. like the cabinets. Um, and they just installed the tile. We're about, we're about 75% done. I would say like 60. 75. In that bathroom. And then our guest bathroom hasn't even started yet because obviously they need to finish the master first. So we can use go it. back to using our master. We've been using our guest bathroom right now, which isn't super small. It's actually a pretty good size. I wanted to renovate this house we're currently living in as much as we can because we want this to be an investment property too whenever we move out and get our next house. So um, yeah, we're trying to get as much value into this house as we can so we can obviously charge more for rent on the house and make it more enjoyable to live in and make it more like modern too. Like our house was built in 2001, so it's not super old. Okay, Wes, you're so loud. So it's not super old, but it's just like needing some modern upgrades. I don't know if you guys can hear Whiskey. He's our three-year-old Husky and he's just like breathing his hot sardine breath on us. <laughs> sardines. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my god, he's so needy. Yes, I know. You're so upset. I think that's it for our plans for 2023. And obviously, like, we are both like owners of my marketing agency, my influencer marketing agency. So our goal is just like for that to grow. Luis doesn't really do too much on that side. We just co own it together. Um, yeah, I do, but, more, I do more on the real estate department, but yeah, I, I could say I'm, I am a. Uh, you know, boots on the ground for social casa, you know, doing like videography and then, uh, mm -hmm. basically the, every time, every, every time we go content. to events, yeah, every time, every time we and go to events, he comes to events with me, you know, I'm the so. bodyguard, <laughs> you know, hey, hey, back up, please, no, I'm just joking, yeah, so, <laughs> I'm there for the free drinks, <laughs> yeah, he's there for the open bar, as long as I have an open bar, he'll go to the event, oh, dude, I'll no talk to anyone there, we're usually the life of the party out there, I know, we everyone, have fun, I guess that concludes everything, right? Yeah, any last words for the audience? Always be true to yourself. Always, you know, stand by for who you are and what you believe in. Uh, if you need to talk to someone, talk to someone, you know. Uh, don't be afraid, especially, if you know, being a veteran and stuff like that. If you need to talk to your buddy, you know, reach out. Um, Freaking always set up goals for yourself. Never be satisfied. You know, just being in one place, always try to succeed uh, at, at everything you do, giving it 110%, even when you, you're tired and you don't want to. Um, yeah, always setting goals for yourself and do everything you can to, you know, stay in the path. Yeah, definitely. Luis is like my motivational speaker, so... I always tell him that whenever he retires, he needs to just be a motivational speaker and I'll manage him. <laughs> that's the plan. That's, <laughs> that, he, that's definitely a goal of mine is to be a motivational speaker. He gives Natai, talks. I'm going to tell you right now, Natai did not want me to like talk more than a fucking hour. I could talk all day. I just gave you like a brief summary, like not even a summary, like probably like a, a small like paragraph of, you know, all, all that, like what happened within this past couple of years and stuff like that. But but yeah, I, I really appreciate you having me here. Um, thanks, babe. Uh, I, you know, it's my first time doing a podcast and stuff. Thanks, so, babe. You know, took my podcast virginity, so that's cool. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. <laughs> that was so cringe. Uh, people are gonna look at this and be like, "What the fuck did he just say? What did they just say?" Uh, uh, you're so sweet. Uh, <laughs> 
Anyway, um, fucking crazy. <laughs> He's like that dude's fucking crazy, dude. He says fuck a lot. He says fuck a lot. I man. should probably put like the explicit sign on this episode. Jesus, because yeah. you said fuck like a million times. I said fuck a fuck. Luis had a friend in the Marine Corps, and he said fuck. That's every like, fucking every Marine, dude. Other that's, word. Nah, that's every Marine. He every like, Marine oh, says yeah, fuck. I go into the fucking. No, store. remember, remember that time that we went to. remember the 4th of july okay listen if you're ever in the military i understand (laughs) like you know when people ask okay Okay. when you if you're in the military don't tell people your profession because they're gonna end up fucking buying you shots do i mean you can do that if you want but you're gonna get fucked up either way at the end of it at the the end of the result you're gonna get mad cops on yourself yeah long story short (laughs) had to call the cops on myself i don't know where i was at it was Long story short. It was 4th of July. Jesus. She was a Marine. And we were at a pool in Dallas. And everyone was buying me a shot. And everyone's buying A, a dude gave me a whole bottle of Tito's vodka. Luis and, and vodka don't mix. Don't mix. No. Absolutely not. And... No bueno. Yeah. That's no bueno. But when the, the paramedics showed up, they were like, so what's going on? And I was like saying, fuck, fuck this, fuck that. And Natalia was like... Oh yeah, he's a marine. I'm really sorry for his profanity. And then the firefighters were like, "Yeah, we could tell he's a marine. He's saying fuck every sentence." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, it is what it is. Yeah, you're gonna have to probably like bleep a lot of this shit out. So I don't really care. I don't bleep my stuff out. Oh, that's good. Thank you for coming <laughs> on the podcast, babe. I really enjoyed having you, and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope that we inspired you guys who are maybe in relationships or looking for a relationship to always go for a partner that supports you, is there for you 100%. Look for someone who has your best interest in heart, someone you can mm-hmm. grow with together, and understand that like every person has their flaws, and instead of trying to walk away from them, we build each other up instead of trying to knock each other down. So. I think that's super important. Have goals as a couple. Don't be afraid to aspire for more. Don't be afraid to do things differently than your parents did or other family members. Be honest. Be a good person. (laughs) Yeah, be a good person. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me here. Uh, Hopefully we can do this again soon. Yeah. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please leave a review so I can know how you guys are liking the episodes. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share on Instagram and tag the podcast page at Brilliant Babe Pod. Talk to you guys next week.